you can speak with 10 different people from 10 different organizations and you will probably get a somewhat different definition of what SRE means in their organization. But like we were talking previously, SREs in most uh, most parts are like a jack of all trades, so that makes it even harder. So is it like more technical skills? So how how important are the communication skills for an SRE? What is the skill set that we are going to, to require for this job? But it will be different from organization to organization. Welcome to the Better Incidents podcast where we hear from reliability-obsessed responders who are at the forefront of the movement to better manage, remediate, and learn from incidents. I'm your host, Robert Ross. So, Ricardo, thanks so much for taking some time to chat with us about you know, incidents, site reliability. You've been writing a lot about this lately mm-hmm. as well. So we were, we were excited when you said, yeah, uh, you'd come on the Better Incidents podcast. And I also see that you were just in uh, London at SRE Day. How, how was it? What you, would you speak about there? Yeah, sure. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it was a trip uh, back to a place that I used to call home a few years ago. So it was quite nice. So SRE Day, I think they're still starting. So it was their, only their second edition. So it's still relatively small. So we still feel that coziness of there's not so many, but not going, going like a AWS reInvent or a KubeCon or like thousands of people. So you still feel that thing of that you I, you can possibly know everyone, but there's still a lot of room just to sit down with people and have conversation. And I was there to talk a little bit about a lot of stuff that I've been thinking about, about SRE anti-patterns and what I personally have failed in my SRE DevOps journey and what I see other people failing or struggling with. And more specifically, I was talking about the what I usually call the rebranding of the operations team, where a lot of our organizations just okay, now, now you guys, the ops team are called DevOps or SRE, go. And nothing else really significant yeah, changes. And, yeah. and then the organization gets surprised, oh, so now you guys are SRE and we didn't get better? Yeah, that's not really how it works, right? Shocking, right? Yeah. <laughs> Shocking, yeah, actually. That, that happened to me as well, actually. I was I was DevOps and then one day I was an SRE and I was like, so yeah, my yeah. title changed, my pay didn't, my... <laughs> and it, I've definitely seen that. So that's great. You know, we've we've known the folks that run the SRE uh, day for you know a few years. We've been on mm-hmm. you know a couple of their you know media outlets, and they're a great crew. So it looked it looked like it was like a perfect size to fit in a pub after the conference yeah, was absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's still at that type of uh, of size. So not everyone goes to the pub afterwards, but it's we can still all fit more or less inside a pub, which is great. We can you have yeah. the opportunity to talk with. A lot of people, and they brought really interesting speakers. So it also was awesome in that, in that regard. Yeah, that's great. Well, um, one, but we, you know, we just kind of jumped into what did you do recently. But let's yeah, let's sure. go back uh, even further, and I'd love to hear a little bit about your background, um, your experience as an SRE, and mm-hmm. you know, how did you even get into this path? Yeah, sure. So uh, I actually I started in college. I was I was a researcher in uh, in, in college, and for Almost a year, I dabbled into a PhD. So I was doing research, but I found out that this is not really my thing. So sure. I'll go to, to the industry. And this was more than a decade ago. There, there was a clear sysadmin versus uh, product engineers or whatever we, it was called at the time, software engineers. And then eventually actually happened when I, I was, let me step back. I was always fortunate, uh, and I cannot say that with confidence, that 
I never experienced a lot of that ops versus dev because all of the roles that I had until I had an official DevOps role, I still had some concerns about how to run stuff in production. So I never, I, I have to be honest, I never suffered a lot of that thing of, oh, I just wrote this code. Now the sysadmins deal with it in production. Right. I always had some some you kind some of operational skin in the game. You some, some, some skin in the game. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I held the same skin. But again, I was in London. I was look. I was working for. I worked for a couple of companies, and one of them, we outsourced a lot of work. Um, so we were a small technology team within a big, a big, very big company. So we couldn't possibly do everything that the company um, uh, needed us to do. And a lot of work was very repetitive. So we outsourced a lot of work. But that meant that they had to run their stuff on our infrastructure, on our services. So we were like launching websites and doing the same thing over and over again. So we were like, okay, we're software engineers. Why don't we start to automate this stuff? CICDs and creating infrastructure and whatnot. And that led me to a more operational role. In terms of okay, let's start to automate all this, all this kind of stuff. When I got back to Portugal was when I got my first ops-related title as a DevOps engineer. I never really got used to the title because it, it sounds weird to me, but it is what it is. It's what the industry uh, started to adopt. And then suddenly, in 2016, I got I read the SRE book. I got really confused uh, because there's so much stuff in there. I was like, I don't even know where to start. But it, it spiked a little bit more my interest and. It resonated with me in regards of the, okay, so how do, uh, it was always a struggle. Like, I need to make my system reliable. Okay, but how do I actually define that? How do I measure that? And all the SLO kind of stuff actually stuck with me in terms of, okay, so now I have some kind of a framework where I can actually say, okay, this, when I say reliable, this is what I really mean. And I can measure that essentially and whatnot. And some of the stuff in there uh, resonated with me. And the role started, the company starting to adopt the SRE role, not the mindset or the practices, the role. And for a few years now, I, my official title has been around SRE. And lately, because I, I entered the new challenge roughly a year ago, where we were given a lot of freedom and liberty to say, okay, we do have stuff that we want to improve. You guys are the SREs help us out. I've been thinking a lot, trying to not make the same mistakes that I've done in the past, trying to learn from others. That's why you say that I've been writing a lot. It's made basically me like me reasoning about stuff and tell in talking with people, trying to also get their feedback in terms of am I thinking right? Is that am I missing something? It's around those around that. Yeah. And I think that you're you're hitting a you're striking a chord with folks, right? Because I think what you just said is the experience of a lot of people. Even right before we were chatting like that, that was my experience. I was a, a DevOps engineer where I, my, you know, I worked on uh, building the CI pipelines, making sure we could roll back bad changes really easily, building the systems that would alert correctly, not be very noisy. And that was before I had the SRE title and I switched to the SRE title and I still wasn't really building software that encouraged better reliability, which is kind of like my, I'm more of a purist of like that name. Um, so what are some of those those challenges that you've you've had? I mean, you, you've talked about some of the anti patterns, but you know, high stress seems to be something that is an aspect of being an SRE. You're constantly on call, and I was curious if you had any thoughts on like the mental and physical health part of the SRE part portion of the role. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like we we were uh, talking previously, so. I do still see a lot of the organ or a lot of organizations just like adopting the SRE title or brand without 
that much change. Maybe they change a tool or something like that, but everything keeps very similar to what it was before. Mm-hmm. Um, so if the situation was stressful in terms of on-call and in terms of operations, it will keep being stressful, right? Because you didn't really change. You didn't look at the problem and even looking at SRE and trying to figure out like, why, what is SRE? Why was it brought to life? Like, why, why did Google in 2003, like, what were the problems that they were facing? Is this the, really the path that, that I, that I want to go? And I think a lot of organizations struggle with that and SREs end up having like a bad time, both physically and mentally in terms of yeah. on-call, for example, what we were discussing about this because they don't really understand what they mean when they talk, talk about SRE. They keep the same processes and then... For a lot of the organizations, I, I, it's my experience that they believe that on the SREs will be there to fix something, right? You guys are the reliability yeah. people. So it's on you to, act, if you have a problem, to fix it. It's on you to figure out what's wrong. It's on you to actually have the proper alert. And it's not like, it's like when we talk about security, it's, of course, we have security teams, but it's on all of us to have a um, a part in that process, and of course, SREs are responsible for that. But it's not the it's not the SRE, and it's also an anti pattern that uh, that I talk a lot about a little bit, which is the anti pattern of the SRE hero, where some teams fall into, where the they are the heroes, they are the ones who fix everything. They are in, they are the ones who block everyone because oh, you're going to mess with my system, you're going to bring everything down, you're going to bring change and whatnot. So I do think that a lot of organizations fall fall into that trap of okay, we have an SRE team. It's on them to make sure that everything is working. And then, of course, on-call rotations, being on-call, something breaks, you're always brought into an, on, uh, an on-call session. Okay, what the hell happened? And I think that some organizations uh, struggle a little bit. And, of course, the, the human side uh, is very painful for SREs that are on-call. Yeah, it's almost like the S and SRE stands for stress, um, and you know it gets fair, a lot. Fair characterization. It gets a lot harder and harder um, the more the site goes down. Like you're, yeah. you're just constantly fighting, and it's, it's it's a lot of organizations I see they treat their SREs as kind of like the fire department instead of yep. the fire code, where the SREs are kind of you know building software, building processes that say this is what reliable software mm-hmm. is for the rest of the team and building the tools that empower those organizations to have more reliable software. If your team is doing more firefighting than doing like the actual yep. like, putting out the fires, you're probably, you're probably not an SRE team. You, you kind yeah, of have to absolutely. cross the threshold of... 50% of the time you're yep. you're building software i think that's when you you tr- you gradient into that sre title um, yeah absolutely so sre teams need that space and that time to actually build whatever tools platforms uh, processes so that you don't again i know i know that the 50% comes from the sre book and we all know that even the, inside Google, it will be different, but that at least we have some kind of a guidance. Okay, if we reach a certain threshold, something is wrong, right? We're not doing a good job because we're just allowing for the SRE team to be always firefighting. So they don't they don't have the time to actually build the tools, participate in architecture reviews or talk with the teams. How are you going to mitigate this or that situation? So I completely agree with, uh, with what you just said. Yeah. And one of the things with SRE is that the, the skill set needed to do this work is very broad it's like it is (laughs) you have to understand networking you have to understand you know how processes run and start on machines and you need to understand the actual software running on the machine 
there's this kind of insane skill set needed for for the SRV title. And this kind of affects their ability to specialize and achieve a, a deeper experience in a specific area. So is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Like, what, what's your take here? Yeah. So as m- most of the questions that uh, you ask in tech and in general, you do all get the it depends uh, answer, right? Yeah. So <laughs> the this, senior this engineer one, yeah, <laughs> yeah, response. This, this, yeah. <laughs> this is this is not this is not uh, an exception. But yeah, you, you're absolutely on, on point there. So what we try to do uh, from this in our teams is to have a broad skill set in the team. All, but allowing certain parts of the teams to specialize in certain areas, right? So that precisely we don't have like everyone the same skill set, but no one, no one is very deep in something. Um, and we try to have a diverse mindset in the team. But the, but that's that's the problem. If you have an engineer on call, and if, especially if it's SRE, people look at it, oh, this is the person who actually will knows like, uh, I don't know, networking, how Linux works. It knows how the API works. It knows how Java or the JVM works. It's like, yeah, we, I can't possibly know all that kind, all those things in very, uh, very deep, right? Because it's so much stuff. Like I could specialize only in Linux and how Linux internal works, how the kernel works to, to actually know all these things or networking or, or whatever it is. But it, yeah, but it, it is a struggle. And I think that it will depend on the type of irrigation organization that, that you will have. In some organizations, you will need to be more high level and have a, a broad understanding. It will be more architectural. How do we architect systems? On other organizations, you will probably be a little bit more focused on certain aspects and making sure uh, that that thing actually works, that the thing that you really need, need to focus on. I don't think we will ever reach a point that will be a one-size-fits-all where we can actually say, okay, this is the skills, the exact skill set that, that an SRE needs to have. Most of the times it will be somewhat broad, but in some teams or some people will have a deeper knowledge about a specific set of tools and practices. But yeah, no SRE will be just focused on something that you will have to have like a broader understanding to contribute to a lot of these things. Right. And it kind of, I think, I think that lends to the fact of the rise of service ownership, right? It's these systems are getting more complex. The SREs or DevOps teams, operations, sysadmins, mm-hmm. they were traditionally the fire department. They would kind of work on the operational issues and unexpected downtime of these systems. But at a certain point, it breaks. It just, you know, it get, the system has become too complex that the teams, those teams can't run these services by themselves anymore. You have to have, the application engineers on call too. Uh, I think that's my take. Um. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I've I've always been a fan of the you build it, you run it. In terms of yeah. okay, you're you're the best. So you built this service. You know how that works. You have the business knowledge domain of how this is supposed to work. If I'm the person in running it in production, I don't probably in terms of business. I don't even actually know if this is behaving. As it's supposed to, uh, so I, I'm, I'm I'm totally on on board. I will. I I know more on, um, sympathetic with the you build it, you own it, because it's not only run. It's like you own the whole thing. But these things will go hand in hand. I think we've tried this multiple times in the past of this throwing over the wall. Yeah, you build the code. This guy runs it. It has has a problem. We say okay, I'm seeing the process. It's running like the VM is running. So back to you. So this back and forth. I think these teams need to work together. But again. 
everyone needs to be, let's put it, everyone needs to be on call because it's a shared responsibility. At the end of the day, this needs to be a shared responsibility. I might own and build and own like the platform. And I don't know, maybe I build like the CICD pipelines and I own the Kubernetes clusters where you run your workloads, but then you own like product services. So we need to work together to actually make this uh, successful. Yeah, thousand percent. That I think that's how you build the best software for sure. Absolutely. So there's something I want an opinion on here because we're talking about building software, constantly launching it, constantly keeping it running, hopefully not constantly firefighting, and something of a, of the effect of like a treadmill, uh, right? An operational treadmill. And I'm, I'm curious, like, I think you have opinions on what the concept of an operational treadmill is, and I'm hoping you could explain that uh, to me. <laughs> um, and how does that kind of affect the SRE's ability to work on these long-term projects and more strategic initiatives? Yeah, so I usually see SRE teams in most, um, when I speak with people at conferences or at meetups, they are usually dividing themselves into two types of teams. Some will be more operational and support to, to teams. So let's say that you have an SRE team and you have like, five divisions uh, in your company that deal with different stuff and you have like dedicated SREs for the, I don't know, checkout process because it has a lot of stuff for the blah, blah, blah stuff. And they are a lot uh, operational in terms of dealing with those engineers themselves. The other uh, other side, and we're, we've been seeing this in the, law, in the last couple of years with the rise of the platform engineering movement, they will be more on the platform side of things. They will be more on, okay, so I build some tooling, some kind of platform, and then it's on you to actually uh, do, do that kind of stuff, do, do that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I've been seeing, and we've been dabbling with that a little bit, or having SRE teams a little bit more on the strategic, but kind of like looking at the bigger landscape, understanding how some businesses fit together, especially in big organizations where you have, I don't know, we have thousands of engineers, we have God knows how many services, and we have stuff that just flows from area that someone's developing in Europe to the US and you do need that higher level overview say okay uh, some processes is failing and everyone on their own island says oh seems to be working on my side and you need that vision on the other side oh probably the problem is between this and that or something like that so I see that division or mostly that division between more people more operationally more focused on specific areas and more strategic call it platform level kind of teams I do think that the People that are low, closer to the teams suffer a little bit more of that operational treadmill because they are suffering side by side with the teams of the pains that they are dealing with and okay, and they share the same problems, they have the same issues. While on the other side, and this is something that I also have a strong opinion on, with we do have some teams that are platform teams that don't treat the platform as a product and they're like, okay. I decide what the problem, mm. what the platform is, and this is how you should do things. And I've seen, unfortunately, I've seen this more than once, where they just build something, they arrive to the teams, and they say, "Okay, that don't, that doesn't actually solve my problem. I have like this ten other problems that you could be working on, right?" right. And it's like, okay, so it, they suffer a little bit. So I'm, I, I'm very fond of the uh, dog fooding uh, concept, where you build a platform, but you use the platform that you built. So yep. you are to get you closer to the team so that, okay, if they have a problem, I have a problem. So we're sharing the same pain. So it's much easier for me to solve my problem and by they, I will solve their problem and whatnot. But uh, I think 
I, I'm seeing a lot of that. And although some organizations or some platform teams don't treat, still don't treat their platform as a product where their clients are other engineers, that that should be the way that um, they should move to. Yeah, I think um, I like I like how. I, I love the concept of the platform engineering role, but I think it's yeah. challenging. I think it requires a lot of really strong communication Absolutely. between the application teams, the SRE teams. And I, I, I doubt you have trailer parks in Portugal. Maybe you do. Yeah. Uh, but like, I think of them as kind of like a, a, you know, I should be able to like drive my trailer up mm-hmm. to uh, a campsite and plug in everything and all of the utilities, the plumbing, everything is just maintained and built for me. All I have to do is plug in. Like that's kind of how I think of a platform team. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, and if I want to change out my trailer, I don't know, this analogy is going off the rails and maybe I'm getting your point. I'm getting your point. (laughs) You know, and then, and then the SRE teams are kind of responsible for helping make sure that that area stays clean and works yep. constantly and it doesn't absolutely um, yeah absolutely so, i do so see, I, like, I do I like some that. i do yeah sorry uh, i do see that some struggle with that when especially in a team uh, in organizations where they have software that has been built a long time ago and it had to, actually it doesn't have to be that long it could be like 10 years ago so not that long where you do have a certain way of doing things, right? And the way that you deploy code, and even if you have some automation and whatnot, and you get a platform team, you're like, oh, okay, so we'll build, everything will be cloud-native, everything will be Kubernetes, everything will be containers and GitOps and whatnot, and people will be like, okay, uh, let's take a step back because we do have a bunch of services that if the only transition path is going from here to there, like in one step, we'll be like rewriting our services for the next 18 months and we have, no transition path. So that's why, and this is just to emphasize the point that you said that there needs to be a lot of communication about, about these teams. It should be, there should be like a clear path of say, okay, I arrive at the trailer park and I know that just plug something here. It's done and stuff works. Just works. So the, yep. Yeah, it just works. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's one of my favorite things is like designing interfaces and everything. So I, yeah. I love, I love thinking about like, how do, how do we make software that meshes really quickly? I do think you have to dog food as well. I think that kind of reinforces that process and we're, you were building and releasing uh, an alerting feature in the winter and mm-hmm. our internal release that we're using is called dog food. So <laughs> it's literally like, that's the process name. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So we're, we're aligned on names even. Um, so thinking about the role of SRE, it was something that I've, I talked to folks in passing and at, at pubs and conferences and, you know, there seems to be like, what is the career progression of an SRE? It's, it feels a little ill-defined to me and maybe even like the role is, it could, could be considered ill-defined, I would say, but, um, what are some of the challenges that folks are going to face advancing their careers? Uh, and what are some of the strategies that, they can consider uh, an employee to overcome those. Yeah, that's a tough one. And I think it starts with the role not being clear, uh, especially across the industry. I think that's about it. You can speak with 10 different people from 10 different organizations and you will probably get a somewhat different definition of what SRE means in their organization. So 
even transitioning from my organization to your organization, it could be like a challenge to ah, an SRE here does this, this and that, but uh, in your organization does something completely different. So I think that hinders a little bit the how do we as an industry have an understanding of what is a senior SRE, what is a, I don't know, a principal SRE. I think it um, makes it a lot harder to, to have those kinds of, uh, of conversations. But like we were talking previously, SREs in most uh, most parts are like a jack of all trades, so that makes it even harder. So, is it like more technical skills? So, how how important are the communication skills uh, for an SRE? For I think they're very important because you do have to speak with a lot of teams and a lot of conversations. But it will again, it it will depend on the organization. The way that we are trying to approach this is to have like again, what does it mean for us? And then we again we are somewhat in the hybrid between a software engineer and an operations uh, more type of role. And we're we're trying to get some criteria. We're still doing that. It's not easy, but that's, that's how we're trying to approach it. Okay, so what are the things that we are going to attack? What are the challenges that we are going to solve? What, are, what is the skill set that we are going to, to require for this job? But it will be different from organization to organization. But it makes hard to make it consistent. If it's not easy, easy to in areas where we have like a historical, like software engineer we've been having for decades, and even that it's not. What's the difference between a staff engineer and a principal engineer? You will get right. like a hundred different, uh, yeah, hundred different answers, right? <laughs> it's, it's not, not going to be any different. I think SRE makes it hard. But the fact that because it's very poorly defined between companies, and the fact that in many companies it's a, it's a jack of all trades and it varies uh, a lot um it will it makes it uh, even harder the way that we are trying to approach it is okay what is the things that will uh, that we'll need to tackle what are we trying to achieve and have that clear vision and uh, high level strategy of what we want to do and then try to bring people on board either that they have some of the skill set that we want or that are uh, willing to go that path and then just trying to structure structure that as a normal software engineer role, okay? So this is what I expect of you from at the junior level, at a mid-level, senior, principal, and whatnot. Yeah, it, it's not like you can measure an SRE by the number of fires that they put out. Like, that's yeah, not... Yeah. <laughs> and that, if that's, that's all not, you're yeah. doing as an SRE, yeah. if, you know, 80% of your role, 90% of your role is incidents and managing those, you don't really have an opportunity to sharpen the knife because you're just constantly, Absolutely. you know, doing this, this other... Um, important work, but not really defined for the role. It's, it's not a healthy yep, division. And I think that you're totally right on like the leveling of, of SREs is is hard uh, as yeah. well. You know, I can only measure your knowledge uh, so much, right? And, yep, absolutely. and you know, pr- what you produce and the outcomes of SRE is sometimes so opaque that yep. you know, it can be challenging. Um, yeah, and if you have if you have a team, for example, if you have a team and you have people on call, and I don't know, uh, maybe someone was like last month was a lot more involved in on call, and there were a lot of incidents, right? And it didn't have the opportunity to write so much code. Then you have someone someone else on the team that actually had the opportunity because they weren't on call. He produced a lot of code or automation, built an API or something like that. How do you? How do you even compare between they probably both of them, both of those people contribute a lot, but it's hard to make that comparison between so they contributed a lot. It's very, very, very hard. Yeah, totally. Let's start uh, lining up for a landing here. Let's let's think about the future 
Professor, you know, we've talked about that this is a stressful job. You need to know a lot. There's an operational treadmill. The, the, the career progression can be a little hard. I mean, anyone listening to this might go, why the hell would I ever be an SRE? <laughs> um, so let's talk about the future here. Um, yeah. what, what do you see? How is it going to evolve? What are the opportunities, challenges, like, you know, coming years? Yeah, sure. So uh, I, I don't think we, we could have a, um, a tech podcast without talking about AI, right? Uh, and how the <laughs> AI will transform and, uh, and uh, make our, all of us obsolete. Uh, but yeah, but it, but I think uh, AIs and what uh, all, all all this revolution that is uh, unfolding uh, every single day, I think it will ha- also have an impact on SREs as well. We already seen some projects where, like, okay, if you give me all of your observability data, I can automatically infer what could be like good SLAs because I have like uh, the whole of your ex- uh, historical con- uh, context, all of your logs, all of your meds, so I can start to figure it out on my own what could be a good SLO for your service, for example. So I think AI, like in many areas in uh, in tech, will have um, a big a big impact. Um, I think we'll be we'll we already seen something some some of that um, a, a bigger shift in many organizations to a more platform engineering kind of mindset. I still struggle a little bit with the concept because if I th- if I'm being fair with myself, I've always been a platform engineer because. I've always, ever since I got into this op- more operational side of um, ro- more operational role, I've always built some form of platform or tooling for uh, for teams to actually be as independent as possible. But I, I think we're seeing a, a more uh, a bigger shift to that side instead of having like a DevOps team that they are like the gatekeepers. That still happens a lot, unfortunately. The gatekeepers of the infrastructure or something like that. And if you have to do something, you have to go through us. It's the okay. We need to make more things more. Even more. We, we hear a lot about a lot about self service, but I think that will get uh, more and more uh, emphasized in the future. So those are two of the the big trends that I'm seeing. And the last one is something that the SRE book talks about, but I think most SREs still fail is about having that customer focus when you talk about uh, SRE. It's like, okay, the way that you define reliability, even if you're, you could be using SLOs or whatever framework uh, that's, that, that you want, doesn't really matter. But having like what it means to be reliable is you have users, you have customers, like it's on their eyes. It's like what they perceive from your platform. And I still think that a lot of these SRE teams that we have nowadays still focus a lot a lot on the technical details. And I'm the one who says what good latency is or isn't or what it means to be reliable or not. And I think it will be a more an, a, a greater focus on that part of, okay, what is the user interested in? And because I and I think that will be even exacerbated because the getting the, the world moves so fa- the world moves so fast the world moves so like fast like that car that, uh, yeah like the car that's yeah. a fast bike. Yeah. Uh, the world moves so fast that if you're not listening to your to your users you're not assessing if they are happy or not with your platform you're probably losing customers and you don't even know right. it I, I 100% agree, and I don't know if you've read or listened to this podcast in the past, mm-hmm. but that is exactly what I say. I say that you could define your reliability in SLOs all damn day. It doesn't matter if the customer doesn't think you're reliable. Exactly. If, you, if, exactly. you're, if you're slow uh, and someone you know writes into support and says, hey, your site is unreliable right now, and you point at a dashboard and say, yes, it is, 
they're not going to be happy with you. They're going to be pretty annoyed. Um, yeah, exactly. So I, love, I, I love what you're saying. Yeah, I was speaking with a friend uh, who's working at another company. We're talking about this. Uh, they, are, they are starting to dabble a little bit with SLOs. And I was like, oh, okay, we defined a bunch of SLOs. There. And I asked, yeah, what does your product team think? Or whoever, the way that you organize, you have product in, uh, POs on, uh, on a team. They were like, what do they think about this? And they were like, oh, we haven't spoken with them. And I was like, Hmm. probably they are the best representative <laughs> that you have on your teams of what the, the, the customer thinks. So have a, have a chat with them. They'll probably have right. a few ideas on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I 100% agree. Um, I also think that, you know, kind of going back to the very beginning of this topic, we were talking about being on call and how the, that could be part of the high stress. I think that when you start to align your on-call rotation to your customer's expectations, um, that is just going to make a healthier balance for yeah, everyone. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. So, we, you know, we work with a, a major uh, sports company and they only alert people for certain incidents if there's a game on. Yep. They turn off all alerts the moment that there's no live games and i thought that that was so genius because you know maybe a streaming service is a little delayed right now but it's yep. 2 a.m there's no game on so yep. the impact yep. to the customers is yeah a little low it's lower so yep. you know align that to yeah. your teams as well yeah we've been working a lot of making our on-call experience better for our, for our engineers we still have a long way to go but our mecca will be that is right okay we do have some way of actually understanding if our users are being impacted or, or on the verge of being impacted, especially when we have big events. And that will that's one uh, what I think why I think like SLOs shouldn't be static because again I work in the sports betting uh, world. So does it really matter when there's nothing going on if the latency spike a little bit? So it doesn't really right. So we don't really have users doing anything. So if it spiked I don't know ten or twenty percent, I I don't want to wake up. Uh, yeah. especially because we are a global company and even if we operate a lot in one geography we do have engineers on the other side of the world so what might be five in the afternoon for someone will be like three in the morning for someone else so that's that's the way that we want to go we want to reach a point where we say okay forget the alerts that you had look now we have like a, a comprehensive set of alerts that we are confident that track user satisfaction and we only want to alert you if one the user is actually being impacted and two it's actually relevant so there's, I don't know, football is not, there's no betting activity on the side. So why should I wake you up? Because yeah. two users like spike the latency or something like that. It doesn't really make sense. I think, I think that's a good future for us to, to all aim at here, especially. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I work a lot with, um, with directors and I try to sell them, sell them this vision and they're on board, right? But they're on board. Yeah. But then we have, you have engineers that are, that are like, on the trenches and we're like, like oh that would be great but we still have a long way to go yeah but you you also need that vision right you also need to okay this is what we aspire to so let's work on the, to achieve that vision right well uh, what a what a fun conversation i mean <laughs> i came in here we're talking about devops and how the transition to sre we're talking about is platform going to take over sre you're talking about i mean like what a what a fun conversation <laughs> um so i hope that I mean, I learned a lot and I appreciate you coming on and talking about all these topics with us. So, you know, if how can people reach you if they want to know more? Sure. So I do have a personal website that I'm going to revamp at the end of this year. So if people want to reach me either on Twitter or on LinkedIn, uh, I regularly go to those platforms. So I also always sell in an um, uh, at conference or meetups. So just send me a message. I might It might take me a day or two by 
I, I'm not like a famous person, so I don't receive like thousands of messages every day. So I eventually get back soon. to people. So yeah, soon enough, I'll get I'll get back to. So if you need help, I've helped people with technical problems, even like. A lot of people is like, oh, I want to get into SRE. What should I? What course should I do? And I'm like, okay, let's uh, let's try and figure it out. <laughs> where right. are you gonna go? So I can give you a pointer or like my my path. Probably maybe it will be different for you. But just either like Ricardo Castro on LinkedIn or uh, MCC Ricardo on, on Twitter. Just feel free to drop me a DM or send me a message. That's awesome. Well, Ricardo, thanks so much, and I hope you have a lovely day and weekend. Thank you very much. Thank you for having. I was already a fan of the um, of the podcast, or I hear it, listen to it regularly. So it was a pleasure having a conversation with you guys, and thank you very much for inviting me. The Better Incidents podcast is lovingly nurtured by the team at Fire Hydrant and made possible with generous contributions from the Better Incidents Collective. Learn more at betterincidents.com.